Hi guys, my name is Chinidu and I'm a very young man with quite a lot of experiences. These experiences have shaped my life and it is my pleasure to share those experiences with you. I am writing a book titled Quarter Life Crisis, uh, The Mistakes of a 25 Year Old. I wasn't 25 at the time, I realized I was 24, but these were mistakes um, I realized early on um, in my life, and I'm glad that I realized them at the age of 24. So one of the greatest experiences that shaped my life was my addictions. I was addicted to drugs, but if you had seen me, you would never know. I am well composed. I had a nine to five job, but I was doing drugs. I was working and I was doing drugs. I had become so dependent on drugs that I would use it to carry out my daily activities. But first, how did I get into drugs in the first place? I started doing drugs in the university out of my own free will i got into the university and i met a young man who asked me if i had smoked skunk before and just a disclaimer i'm going to be very explicit with you so that it doesn't feel abstract and i said no and he gave me my first skunk to smoke by skunk i mean marijuana and that was the beginning. I smoked skunk. I would smoke skunk every day in the university. Um, at a point in time, I wouldn't eat. I would just smoke. And um, my whole body would turn red. And I was numbing a pain that I never knew existed. It was later on in my life that I realized that I just wanted to have control because I came from a very strict background and um, I wanted to have control over my life, but we have to be careful because in a bit to get control, we eventually lose control. So every day, my dad, every week rather, my dad would send me pocket money in the university. I would buy marijuana and I would smoke. I got into the wrong circle. Virtually everybody was smoking marijuana in my hostel at the time. And then one fateful day, a friend of mine, very close friend of mine came in from town and I remember he had a bottle with lacacera in it and I was like oh let me have some and he was like oh there's codeine inside and I was like oh let me t have a taste and I had a taste and believe you me I had the best sleep of my night of my life that night so I built my addiction on having a good sleep 
so I started taking codeine because I would wake up in the morning, my eyes are all soggy and tired, but I would stretch and it felt so good. And I started taking codeine consistently. Um, I was in a school where there was a lot of freedom, so boys would go to town with their babes. But I wouldn't go to town with my babe because I never really had one. I did eventually, but I would rather use the money I had to buy drugs. Boys were always going to town to lodge with ladies. I would always use mine to buy drugs, so I will buy a bottle of syrup. And I carried on with this lifestyle. And I graduated into Refnol. And I smoked Refnol. Uh, rather, I popped Refnol. And then I graduated into Tramadol. At some point, I got tired of marijuana. And I would do that. Throughout my university days, this was my experience. I didn't go to class. Well, I did, but um, I just... I didn't know that I was numbing myself emotionally. And when I finished the university, I eventually continued taking codeine. I started working just three weeks after the university, so I always had money to buy codeine. I would buy codeine, I would buy codeine for myself and buy codeine for my friends. And then at some point I started doing music. We'll go to the studio, we'll buy drugs, we'll take and we'll make music. Uh, I felt like I was going to have a career in music, but my mentor said something to me because I always had a mentor. And he said something to me, nothing ever becomes great if you push it to a last resort. I was always pushing music to a last resort in case if nothing happens. But I was working, so I mean, I was functioning, you never know. So I built principles on drugs. You'll never see my tongue blue. You'll never know. You'll never see me uh, smoking marijuana or taking codeine and all of that. Um, at the time when boys were diluting this substance, I would take it raw because I wanted to feel the real effect. And I continued on like this. I was spending a lot of money on it. Even when it became expensive, even when there was a ban on codeine, I was taking that. And nobody in my life knew. I would go out of the house, I would smoke cigarettes as well. And the codeine just made smoking cigarettes so easy for me. So I always would smoke um, cigarettes after I had taken couldn't. So I graduated from one bottle to two bottles. I was a functioning addict. I could supply my needs according to my pocket because I was working. And this led to wasted years. So I know some of you are experiencing this right now and you're finding a hard time coming out of it. So one fateful day, I have found out that I had had enough. I decided to open up to somebody, so I opened up to my mentor. It was amazing how this man never judged me. He was just looking at me. He looked at me and he said, you need to make a commitment. Trust me, that went in through the left ear and went out of my right ear. 
But then I just kept on doing that and I kept on doing that. And let me tell you the side effects of these things. It impairs your judgment. It numbs you emotionally. I would rather buy a bottle of codeine than go visit a lady. It was my excuse. It was my escape. And this I carried on for years, for eight years. And it dipped into my pocket hugely. I made wrong decisions, bad decisions. I was in a company of bad friends. Virtually all my friends were doing drugs. So I'll tell you now, look at your friends and you'll find out the reason why you do the things that you do. And then how did I stop Kodin? Because I eventually graduated from Kodin to crack. And it's sort of like a funny story. But how did I stop? I remember times when I would be in the office, I wouldn't go home, I would sleep in the office. It was only drugs and work that I knew. I couldn't care less. I had a terrible relationship with my parents. My mom thought that I was a narcissist. Um, she sometimes said that I behave like um, someone who womanizes or is in a secret cult because I was so isolated and I couldn't build healthy friendships. Nobody really knew what was going on in my life. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who who are going through the same thing right now that nobody knows what's going on in their lives right now. And yes, um, but how did I come out of this? So in the year 2018, I traveled to the Democratic Republic of Congo. And then my mom sent me the number of a very beautiful young lady. Trust me, it wasn't because of the lady I left this, but this drugs affected my life my relationship with god i was in the choir um i wouldn't go to church anymore um i just wasn't living the life that uh, every other person i just couldn't care less i had a lot of dreams i had energy vibrant energy and i was just letting that go down the drain i was draining myself and so in 2018 in november of 2018 I, before that, I had always been saying to myself that I needed to go back to God. I needed to go back to God. But I always thought I could fix myself. So I wanted to fix myself first before I would eventually go back to God. So yes, in the year 2018, so I was talking to this lady and she had this confidence. And I just couldn't understand how a lady so young had this so much confidence. And she had just so much confidence in Christ and I was marveled at that situation. And this is where the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And then she sent me a scripture in Psalm 119 verse 9. And it says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed dear to thy word. That scripture stuck with me. I then realized that it wasn't me who could stop this, that it was God, only God. So one fateful day, I went to smoke 
marijuana. I had quit for a while, but I decided to go back and smoke marijuana. So I went to smoke marijuana, and nobody prays when you smoke marijuana. So my encounter is quite different from yours. And I was, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was the marijuana, but I don't care. The entry point doesn't matter, like my mentor would say. I just would. I just started praying and I started saying, God, reveal yourself to me. Anchoring on that scripture. God, reveal yourself to me. God, reveal yourself to me. I kept on praying. I was on the road. I was outside. I was sitting um, on a gutter. And then I didn't know what happened. I just started speaking in tongues. I changed back to English, God reveal yourself to me, and I just started speaking in tongues. I just couldn't help it. It was just a bizarre experience. And then I heard, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. That was the only thing I heard. I didn't even have a Bible. So I ran into my friend's house. I picked up my journal. And I wrote it down. I picked up my phone. I googled it. And I saw the completing uh, phrase of that verse. And it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And this was my first encounter with God. And then God said to me, Can you count what is right in front of you? And I tried to count. I tried to count the pile of rubbles. I tried to count the grain of sand. I tried to count the blocks that were laid, interlayered. And I just couldn't. I tried to count the weeds in the garden opposite the house that I was sitting. And I burst into tears. I was crying like a baby. And I said, God... It is you that I want to know. It is only you that I want to know. And amazingly, he said, a store manager takes stock of his inventory. The ones that have gone out of order, the ones that are bad, the ones that are coming in. And for a store manager to take note of all this, He has to be bound by time, but he wouldn't be able to finish. He would need assistance because it's a large inventory. And then he said, somebody takes stocks of the grain of sand. Somebody takes stock of the pile of rubbles, the number of the pile of rubbles. Somebody takes stock of the leaves on the trees that fall and weeders and the new ones that comes that comes out he just said all that to me and for that person to be able to take stock that person must not be bound by time and he said to me my son i take stock of everything and then the scripture The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There's a semicolon after that. 
I realized the meaning of a semicolon. A semicolon is used to separate two distinct statements that can be joined together, but they can exist on their own. So it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, semicolon. Then the world and they that dwell therein. Now the world can exist without the earth, but the earth cannot exist without the world, the world. And those are two distinct statements which are also intertwined. And I said to myself, Chinedu, no matter how you want to raise your shoulder reach, you know past this semicolon. There was no way. I can't raise my shoulders higher than the earth. That was my first encounter with God. And I had made up my mind that day that it was God I was going to serve. I was going to continue with him and I would die knowing God. And the funny thing, I had not even started doing crack at the time. And then I was in a company of friends and we just started doing crack. I would go, I would drive, I would go and buy crack. And it was a very hilarious experience because I would drive to buy crack, maybe what of 2000 Naira, a very tiny pinch. And then instead of me to buy 4,000 with my own human wisdom, instead of me to buy crack water 4,000 naira, I would say, no, I'll buy 2,000 naira. I was trying to be f- to be wise. And then I would drive all the way back home and I would take, uh, I would take the, the pipe, the stem, that's what it's called, and I would light it up and I would smoke it. And I'll be like, oh God, I should have actually bought 4,000 Naira on. And I would drive all the way back. My car won't knock on the road. I won't be able to get it fixed. My car will be left parked on the road. I couldn't fall my car. None of this. But I realized something. That the only reason I was taking codeine again was just because I wanted to smoke, smoke cigarettes. And then I had stopped taking codeine because I had found a new high. So I had crack now on this, on this side. And trust me, the fastest way to lose weight is 10 kg of weight is actually just smoking crack for one week. I was lean. And then I couldn't go back to coding anymore because I just felt like, you know what, this, this coding doesn't do anything to me anymore. But then again, it just dawned on me. I just realized how much... And how badly the purchase of crack was affecting my pocket. And I said, no, I'm not going to buy crack anymore. I'm not going to use my money to buy crack anymore. And that was it. So the crack helped me to stop the codeine. The emptiness of my pocket helped me to stop crack. But you see, the Lord works in ways which we, which we cannot see. We just do not understand it. After having my encounter with God, I thought maybe I would have stopped immediately, but I eventually graduated to crack. But I got a realization. And since November 2018, I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that I have been free from drugs. I still have other things that I struggle with. I'm going to talk about it in my next podcast. But I tell you that in all of that encounter that I had with God, I realized something. 
the one who creates and takes stock of the inventory of the earth and the world and the galaxies and the 40, 60 billion stars that exist. The one who made the substances, the tobacco leaves, the one who made the marijuana leaves, the one who made every single substance used to create every single drug that we consume. He's the only one who better to help us leave these things that we have addicted to rather than the one who created them. The enemy has perversed our minds to worship the creation rather than the creator. But I tell you, my brothers and sisters, for ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. I realize who I am in Christ. And trust me, leaving drugs was not an easy thing because I was emotionally numb. And it would happen that in 2019, after being free for over six months, I had my first panic attack when I realized it was like all the emotions that I'd experienced in my life just came pouring down into my mind like a waterfall. And I asked myself, Chinedu, what have you done with your life for the past eight years? And my body began to tremble. But you see, the enemy could not take my joy. And nobody can give me joy except the Lord. So I tell you today, whatever you're going through, whatever your addiction, there are other addictions that I've experienced that I have left. But I can tell you today, it's only God, only God, the maker of all things that can save you. So thank you all for listening to my podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm actually recording this because I feel lazy to write. But this is an excerpt that is going to go into my book. And um, just watch out for it. Thank you, guys. So one thing I've realized is, and this is something that's very important. When I also quit drugs, I realized that the people around me would always lead me back to having drugs. So I made a conscious decision. I decided to leave where I was staying. And I sort of cut contact with everyone. I still reach out to them now, but... I sort of did. I began to fill myself with the word of God and I cut contacts with the people that I used to hang around with. I wasn't living there anymore so that I didn't have any recourse to go back to those things. And eventually that has paid off until today I am very clean. <laughs>